Yeah. Hey, man. Been a minute, man. Been a minute. How y'all doing, man? First of all, I want to say, Senator, can you do something for me? <laughs> Joshua, can you do something for me? Hey, I just want to start on that note, man. Um, I won't jump ahead of the gun, but they've been roasting your boy. They've been Ooh, roasting boy. Drake. It's not my boy. It's just, not my you know, boy. Our, our our boy, Aubrey. They've been roasting. Why they've they been roasting Drake? They say he sounds zesty on that um, part. They say he's like, 21, can you do something for me? 21, can you talk to him for me? <laughs> y'all ain't seen none of the memes? Nah. I'll, I'll, I'll send them to y'all. They got, like, just regular photo memes, and they got yeah. video memes of, like, Drake, like, extra, extra like, uh, feminine with his arm, popping his arm, rolling his yeah. neck. Like, they they... They, they, the internet is creative, bro. And if there's a running joke, then that people are going to only add to that joke. So mm-hmm. I thought y'all was hip to it, you know what I'm saying? But that's why I felt like, you know, let me start off the the pod because we've been gone for a minute just asking y'all to do something for me. Have you seen the uh, the video of Diddy's uh, the Halloween Joker? His yeah. Very, very how, did, how, how could you not? <laughs> it's, just, it's just certain things on the internet. It's certain things on the internet unless you in the like a certain pocket of the internet. It's just certain things that you're not even looking for that you're going to see because it's being shared that much. And yeah. Diddy, the Diddy Joker, it was like multiple videos of him running into Tyler Creator, him also running into somebody from Power, and it looked like it was about to be an altercation. Mm. Um, him with the with the kids from Blackish, like it was multiple videos floating around. Yeah, what was Lil G for Halloween? A dinosaur. Nice. Okay, dinosaur. But next year it's going down. Next year okay. we, we get we getting lit. So like, uh, when he was born, he was only like one month. So he was. I forgot it was just some little cute little newborn thing we bought and just took a picture. And then last year he was Chucky, but we didn't take him, you know, door to door trick or treating or anything like that. This year was his first year actually being able to partake in the festivities around Halloween. So he was a dinosaur. But next year, man, the Godfather, the Godfather will be the Godfather. Nice. What were you for Halloween? Me? Mm hmm. Uh, me, I was dad. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was daddy Gerard. Now I would have done the um costume thing if I had thought about it ahead of time, I guess. But no, nah, I, I did not do a costume at all. What about you, Josh? What, what was Jace? Um, he was Black Panther. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm ready for a nice costume party, man. Next year, I think I'm ready to put something together, man. I'm trying to step out. In a costume next year for sure, man. It's time to step it up. So why why you say that? That's that seems like a I won't say like a revelation, but it just seems like like new something new for you where you like, I think it's time to you've been opposed to doing that in the past? Nah, I just never really been to a like a costume party or nothing like that. So I just wanna experience it. I would prefer it like to be like some private party, but I might just have to go out in Cincinnati or something. Maybe Maybe might go out of town for Halloween or something. Make it a make it a trip or something. That might. So you willing nice. to go like all out and really? Because one thing I do like about Halloween, the celebrities you could tell they've been waiting like all year. Like they're planning mm-hmm. right now that Halloween is over. They're already planning like twenty twenty three looks because you could tell yeah. like they get super excited. So with that being said, are you looking to just go in and really 
impress people or you just want to just be around that type of energy? Just be around that type of energy. It don't it don't got to be like the best costume, but I want it to be something people know, though. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. be them to be able to look at me and be like, ah, oh, that's what he is. So yeah. I need to figure out what I want to be. OK. Senator and I went to a costume party before. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what were y'all? I knew you were going to pick that up. Um, yeah, so I didn't do anything for Halloween. Um, or I didn't dress no, up. No, where were y'all at that costume party? Those no, we're not talking about this. <laughs> I, I, will, I, will, I will shut this whole thing down right now. I promise you. I will I will totally end this entire Hey, party. okay, look, look, Senator. Um, oh, I've already, I mean, listen, I've confessed and shared so much on this podcast that is now internationally known <laughs> on the internet for the rest of my life. Please spare me. Please, no, I, I'm, please not, I'm not going to have my life. Like we, that, that stays between us. But let me just ask, because when it does get brought up, you like very quick to be like, like one of those type moments. Those, <laughs> so is there is there is there regret or do you feel like you just oh, like, well? A, it was a it was regret in the moment because it was it, were you in a was it a dark space in time for you at that shut time? Up, was it, shut up! <laughs> was it? Was, were you pressured into that? Like, I definitely have had darker spaces. Um, <laughs> no, man, no, no. It was it was. It's a, all love. There's no judgment. It was a, it's just you know, it's funny up, that when it does shut come up. up. There was, uh, it was a good, it was an idea that was thought to be good, executed poorly, and then revealed to be, this was not a good choice. This is one of those moments where you're like- I'm sure I got like pictures somewhere too. No, you don't. I'm sure I do. I'm sure if you showed them, you die. Yeah, I bet I would. <laughs> Immediately, we would find you. I bet I would. Let's, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's be- Let's just be owners of our past, and let's let's make that. If I find a photo, let's make that this this episode's uh, cover art. <laughs> Kyrie Irving has gotten himself in hot water recently. Yes, um, there's been controversy with some of his most recent statements. Um, G Rock, you want to give us a rundown of the timeline? Um, I don't have a full timeline. I do have what triggered all of what we're seeing today and uh we'll we'll get into that in a minute but he tweeted on October 27th at 2:44 p.m. I'm assuming Eastern Standard Time a link and the link only to a net to a documentary on our movie on amazon.com excuse me I can't talk on amazon.com called Hebrews to Negroes wake up black america and yeah so he he tweeted that i to this day i don't know any the context that i do know about it is is what has been told to us in the media that it was anti-semitic or there's some anti-semitic uh rhetoric or verbiage within the content and uh since he had tweeted that you know let's just back up really quickly it it appeared that he tweeted that in defense or maybe even standing with Kanye West and some of the comments that he had made a week or a couple of weeks before that. And so that was, that's why it was, uh, it, it was such a big deal that he tweeted it. And then also too, I guess within the context for people that have seen it or know enough about it, watch the trailer. Um, 
and he was, you know, he was asked about it in a press conference and the guy was asking him why was he promoting it. Kyrie was saying that he was not promoting it. He said that he just tweeted it. So there was no, I don't want to say ownership, but I don't think that the guy, the guy wanted like a direct answer to, hey, why did you tweet that? Do you agree with that? And um, I don't want to misquote Kyrie, but I do believe he said that um, either he hadn't even seen it and he was doing some research and um, he came across it and that maybe even he did not agree with everything in it, but it just made it, I guess, a bit more confusing for like, well, why did you even post it? Um, I'll stop there. I don't know exactly where we want to go with this conversation, but obviously there could be a lot of things to be said, but that's what happened. And as a result, he's been suspended by the Nets. Uh, Nike has suspended their partnership. And then I saw something recently with terms. If he wants to play again for the Nets, there's like a bunch of different things that are, are allegedly required. And some of those things include a $500,000 donation, meeting with some Jewish leaders, um, doing some type of anti-Semitic training or something it's just a bunch it's a it's a bunch of stuff so yeah I'll, I'll stop there that's what's going on with Kyrie though it was that tweet that caused what we are seeing today yeah senator I want you to go into everything and then I want me and G-Rock to kind of respond and then we can go from it like that go to it like that okay um, yeah, so the movie from Hebrew Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America is like a three hour plus, and I haven't watched it, uh, documentary um, that promulgates the philosophy and the theology of uh, the religious group known as Hebrew Israelites. Hebrew Israelites believe um, that Black people, right, members of the Black diaspora, um, and it's a little unclear to me if they believe this to be the case also for people who are Africans, like Sub-Saharan, you know, Africans, or is it just us as the Black diaspora, that means us, us who have been scattered by slavery to the Americas and the Caribbean islands, are the true descendants, the true people of the lost tribes of Israel, that we're the true descendants of um, the, the Hebrew Israelite people. Um, there are segments within this religious group that also believe that Native Americans and Latinos are, are also members of this tribe, that they're also within this ethnic linguistic uh, like religious heritage. Um, but not all, not all segments or denominations within Hebrew Israel believe this. Some members of the Hebrew Israel um, religion um, or group also will also profess Jesus or, you know, Jesus as the Messiah um, and read both testaments of the of the Christian Bible. Some would only proclaim um, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy, um, and they might, you know, read and believe all 39 books of the Tanakh or what Christians call the Old Testament. Some, like I said, some do believe in Jesus, um, but their point is that um, all other races, especially white races and white ethnic groups are, um, are liars. There are bastardized people forsaken by God. Some may not even believe that they are children or creations of God, but that they are a demonic race, a uh, group of people. 
um, who are who have lied, who have seized hold of black culture and black bodies in order to destroy God's chosen people. Um, and so when you encounter many of them, they can be very, very aggressive with their thoughts, even when they're like on streets and they're um, they're evangelizing or proselytizing, like in New York and parts of Harlem or even in Los Angeles, that they'll get in people's faces, women, men, don't matter what it is. They'll call white people or people of different races devils and just and be really mean. I mean, they can get aggressive, violent, physical in people's spaces. Um, and. And that's kind of when even when you encounter them. So I do uh, Bible study and do ministry via Clubhouse, which is an app, a social media app that began during the pandemic. And it's all kind of like a live radio podcast sort of thing. Um, and I do, like I said, I do Bible study. I do Christian ministry through it. And sometimes they'll pop up in your room and they don't really want to have conversation. They're there to spam the live chat with 50, 11 million scriptures of their own perspective with their own interpretation, or they want to argue. Um, they're never really interested in trying to do healing or ministry or service. They really just want to assert their perspective and their, their point of view. Um, so... In, in many ways, their behavior, right? They also, oh, the other big thing is they really want to dress and follow very strictly the commandments of the Torah in ways, in, in a way of kind of uh, retrieving kind of the lost cultural habits or the lost commandments um, found in the Old Testament, found in the Torah. So like they'll wear garments where there are the fringes on the edges of them, very much like Hasidic or Orthodox Jews. And because the Bible says you don't mix certain grains or you don't mix certain um, threads and textile materials and that you're to allow the fringes, the hems of your garment to grow long, to remind you of the commandments. Many of them will not shave the edges of their beards or have tattoos, or of course they eat kosher, so they won't eat shellfish or pork or any um, those dietary restrictions. Um, commanded by the Torah. Um, they also have certain understandings about the role of men and women um, within their communities as well. A lot of their behavior is very reminiscent of the nation of Islam, especially in the early days of the 50s and 60s. And so those of you might be familiar with Malcolm X, or even just like the movie Malcolm X by Spike Lee and kind of the depictions of the nation of Islam and some of their really assertive uh, preaching, street preaching. Uh, and there, if you're familiar with their um, their theory of Yaqub the scientist, um, which is basically that Yaqub the scientist was once a member of, of God's chosen people of the black race, but um, ended up leaving and, and being casted out because they had evil scientific ideas um, and then went to the mountains, uh, the Caucasus Mountains and there using demonic alchemy and sorcery created the white race um, out of animals and all sorts of things using demon magic um, to be a, a satanic uh, buffer, to be a satanic uh, scourge against God's chosen people. Um, so there's a lot of this same sort of rhetoric. And what I have found is that many people from the nation of Islam had just kind of moved over to Hebrew Israel and some people in Hebrew Israel kind of cross over. And so if you listen to a lot of artists like Jay Electronica, for instance, you'll hear them use, I mean, it's, it'd be the, some of the same rhetoric, it's some of the same sort of language um, that's shared between them. So um, I'll stop there. I can go further, but just to give a little bit of that, that context of where Kyrie is coming from. Kyrie, I think, has been pretty open about his, his, his Muslim faith. And by no means do I 
you know, have a problem with Kyrie for being a Muslim. And I respect Kyrie, um, even though I think he said he has said some things that are a little questionable, right, in terms of where he's gathering his information or where he thinks. Like, I mean, I think most famously people remember the earth is flat, right? He's a flat earth theorist, um, which was more zany and bizarre than it was anything else, right? Um, but we also know most famously and recently also his stance on COVID-19 and not being vaccinated, which I, I fully supported him in that, right? Um, for his own personal conviction and religious reasons. And the reality was that there was a huge agenda and a lot of fear to try to get people to get this, um, to get the vaccine. And there was a lot of um, ostracizing and blaming people and saying, if you don't get this vaccine, then you somehow don't love your neighbor or you're, you know, you're not patriotic or you're not, you know, you're stupid. And there was no consideration of, hey man, this this person might have a personal or religious conviction as to why they're not doing it. And that's their, that's for them in their house, right? And what they, what they believe. And so I did respect him why I disagreed with it, you know, with that, I did respect him for being able to take a stance. And I thought he was absolutely right in doing that. But this, his most recent statement and posting this video wasn't so much just posting the video. It was that he could not have that conversation with that journalist who I, I forget his first name, his last name, I think it's Friedel, who seemed like if you watch the clip was really just trying to inquire like, Kyrie, are you even aware of how hurtful the content in that video is and where it really comes from. Like, or have you really thought through it all and had conversations with Jewish people about how they might feel and interpret that some of that philosophy and the, the content that's in that video? And Kyrie was just very obtuse, just very difficult, avoiding, wanting to double down, wanting to defend his right to be able to post whatever he wanted and not being open to a conversation. And then as the, the timeline of events just goes on, it shows that he wants to protect his belief in this because I think it's being backed up and bolstered by his by his faith community, you know, by both the nation of Islam and, and Hebrew Israel. And that's what he wants to stand on. Um, and I just think that while while one is entitled to have their beliefs, I think one needs to think very clearly and carefully about how those beliefs may lead you to, may, may, may move you away, may lead you towards hatred and towards division um, from other human beings. And when you're a public figure and you're, you have a responsibility, um, I think to, to speak wisely and you're representing a team like of real literal people, F the NBA, I'm talking about your teammates, Right. Um, I think you should think about that when you know that children are watching you. You should think about that. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to he has to live in fear or be kowtowed to any anybody. But I just or corporate overlords. But I just it wasn't it wasn't wise, nor was it loving or considerate of a conversation. So I'll stop there. I don't want to take up too much time with this. But what are, what are your thoughts going from there? Yeah. So. um I think the problem people have with Kyrie is he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't apologize and he you know he was like I'm not going to apologize I don't he he was like I don't believe necessarily believe everything in there blah 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 I have the right to post it and then he even was bringing up like you're not even it's it's on Amazon and you're not even mad at them for having it on their site 
Um, which he could have a point about that. Um, but I think Kyrie should have apologized earlier, but everything that's happening to him is, in my opinion, too much. Um, I've been learning more about why Jewish people get offended at the stereotypes that people present about them because it was part of the reason why the Holocaust happened and things like that. So it's very understandable and respectable. And, you know, I definitely understand why they get offended at that, but I feel like they, they get offended and then they perpetuate the stereotype. And I've been learning that um, Jewish people like created Hollywood pretty much about for like how we know it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been learning just little stuff from hearing from actual Jewish people talking about it. So I, I've been learning from looking at it that way. Um, and like I said, I think it's respectable. I think it, they have every right to be offended about some of the stuff that is said about them, but I feel like they definitely perpetuate the stereotype after that offense is taken. Um, yeah. What you got, G-Rock? Man, <clears throat> I don't know. So, one, like you like you just said, I'm, I'm still in a space where it's like, I realize I'm like, yo, I don't know enough. Like I know a little bit, you know, I, I know about the Holocaust and I know about them feeling, um, you know, being always attached to certain stereotypes. Um, but then, like you said, then there's certain things where people was like, with certain things, like we don't have to get um, specific with everything, but some stuff people was like, well, is it really a stereotype or are some of these things actually true? Like, do y'all have like certain, um, I don't want to say advantages, but I guess they definitely do stick together as a community. Um, and within that, not, and, and you can't say all across the board. So I think that was the, the issue with, with Kanye. You're not talking about all Jewish people, right? You're talking about like a certain group of people that are in positions of power that you know, have the opportunity to control certain things. Right. And I, that's where he was coming from. Um, but I think that's just the, I think that's the part where, where it does rub the Jewish community the wrong way is when people say Jewish people, they're saying it as a whole, like every single one of them. And I think, you know, Jay-Z has made a comment before like four, 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 about you know, you know something about you want to know why Jewish people own something 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 and it kind of got brushed under the rug but people talked about it but I think like when you hear those talking points uh the Jay-Z's and the Kanye's and, and people as a whole are really talking about like elite level conglomerates people who collectively hold a lot of power um so that's one thing people got to be be careful of to just be more specific with like what exactly are you talking about when you talk about Jewish people are you talking about the business side of it are you talking about corporate you know what I'm saying because again you can't say across the board but for me I was like after Kanye and Kyrie I was like yo I really do need to spend some time learning more and so even like you just said like I was reading an article about um certain Jewish people like you said pretty much building Hollywood as we know it today um 
And then you can, you know, that stuff can go over into it it can cross over into entertainment as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get again, I don't want to be so nitpicky on everything that I that I talk about. But I think ultimately that's the issue that you hear people when they say Jewish people, they're talking about. And I don't even know if elites is like the 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 correct word to use or anything like that, but just Jewish people that are in positions of power. I think that's the most, you know, safest way for me to say that without being offensive. Um, So I don't know on one end with Kyrie, I feel like, I feel like he, he has the right to uh, feel how he feels and and do him. Right. But not at the expense of, of uh, intentionally being disrespectful to anybody. Um, I, in hindsight, I think that if you are going to post something like that, then you should be aware and, 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 and knowledgeable. Like, I don't know. And again, I don't want to misquote him. I don't know if he said that he did or did not watch it or if it was just certain things that he didn't agree with. Um, but I think that, you know, it's okay for him. Like if that's how he, if that's how he feels like, yo, this is how I feel. And there, again, there was no context and he tweeted that. I think one, he has the right to tweet that if that's what he wants to. Um, and if people disagree with whatever the content is, then that's okay too. Um, but I guess like the freedom of speech, you got to also be prepared for some of the consequences. And I do think that I think some of this stuff is a, is a bit much, and um, I mean, honestly, we could go like super deep with it, but I just think like the stuff that we're seeing with Kanye and Kyrie uh, collectively seems very extreme. Seems like they're using them to make a point um, and to, I don't know, cause I don't want to get into stereotypes, but it's almost like from from the outside looking in, it's almost like, you know, let me show you how much power we got. That's kind of how it feels to me. You know what I'm saying? On the outside looking in because it, it hits and it hits very hard. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very obvious at this point, whether it's because of them and their connections or these specific people are that many people across the board just don't stand for that. And I just don't, I don't know because then it gets into what another point that a lot of people have been, upset about was like okay cool you know not that any group and i think that's the biggest issue with just humanity not that any any group should be held more important or greater than any other group at the end of the day we all people but that's not how we think right Mm -hmm. because of tradition because of religion and media and a bunch of other things that influence that but people was like well where where was all of this for like any type of anti-blackness or anything, because I mean, like, with the exception of the LGB, and I'm—I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't even know all the letters at this point, but that particular community um, and the Jewish community, like, we can see, like, at the snap of a finger, you can get quote, unquote, you know, quote unquote, counsel. But it was like, where is that same energy for anti-black comments and stuff like that? Like, we don't see these corporations. In fact, some of the some of the some of the biggest influence that's coming in, in the black community is or can be uh, pointed to the music. 
but it was just like some of these record labels and stuff like that. They don't have, they don't mind, they don't mind us talking about destroying our communities at the expense of entertainment, this, that, and the third. So I, again, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but I just think that um, what we're seeing is is a is a bit extreme for the cancellation of these two individuals that that made comments. Um, they both have said that they, you know, they identify as being. Um, Jewish or whatever so it's just like they both like hey how can I be anti-semitic when I identify as this then a third so at the end of the day I just think you got to be you know super responsible with your platform I still do think that you have the right to like express yourself I mean Kanye's joint was just like I can't even really defend how he said that because that just came off like that was just not good taste at all Kyrie on the other end posting a piece of content um I just I don't know that that he should be punished in the way that he is because it's like, you know, how many times have we or other people like share stuff? That doesn't mean that you fully support everything within this thing. So if you tell somebody to read a book or if you tell somebody to watch this movie, like it's not saying, hey, everything in this movie, I actually agree with and I stand by, but it's just like, yo, check it out for yourself, especially with no context. So I'll stop there because it could just, you know, and I think that's part of what the reporter was was giving him an opportunity to do, right? But I think he was so obstinate and his refusal to that is what denied him an opportunity for him, one, to really share his faith, to really share why he believes that as a member of the Nation of Islam, as a Black Muslim man, as someone who may believe in aspects of the Hebrew-Israel theology or philosophy, he had an opportunity to really be, be able to bear witness to that and have that conversation because I think there's a lot of multi-race, inter-race conversations that need to happen within minority groups in the United States. Jewish people and Black people need to be talking to each other. Latinos and Black people need to be talking to each other. Asians and Black people need to be talking to each other and vice versa and all of those things. Um, because I think there's a lot of stereotypes and misunderstanding and some of and predatory behavior that happens. And I think for us as Black people, we're really sensitive too because part of the other issue in this is that Kanye and Kyrie are black people who who why is it that black men get thrown under the bus right when the full weight of some of these groups are angry it usually always seems to be a black man whether it's Dave Chappelle or whatever the case like everybody you know hurls at this black man this black man doesn't have a lot of recourse to defend them however sometimes I think that we do things to ourselves as individuals black white whatever and then we want to hit and holler and say well I'm the victim and why is holler, why is this happening to me but that's throwing a stone and hiding your hand because here's the here's the other example I would say about okay well we say that's not that's too harsh of a punishment for Kyrie what if a white player right let's take Kevin Horter because he's just the first white player I can think of the top of my, my my head you know that played for the uh does he even still play for the Hawks Nah, he in Utah, I think. Okay, well, even worse, right? Uh, <laughs> right, let's just say he posted up a link to Birth of a Nation. Are you familiar with this movie? Mm-hmm. Birth, yeah. Birth of, yeah, okay. Which we know, this is all about, the. it's a revisionist history of America as being white man's country. The Klan is the hero, right? What if he just posted up a link with that with no context? So, I'll yeah, say I this. Saying, go ahead. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? I'll but, say this. So, one... That's not a religious movie, per se. 
Actually, oh. I think a lot of I think a lot of white conservative evangelicals. And when you look at what's happening right now within America, how white Ronald Reagan, white Jesus is very much blended with mm -hmm. the trumpeter and kind of make America great again. It's all this mythology, this meta meta narrative that's been spun the same way black Hebrew Israels have done the same thing. This meta, they've mm -hmm. taken and taken this story. Right. And conscripted it as their own. Um, I think white people are do, do the same thing with the Bible. That's what the pilgrims did, right? We're and, the people of Israel that's coming here to this heathen nation because God has chosen us and given this to us as our land. And I was going to ask, so when it comes to religion, right, people abide by and leave out what they want, you know, to take out of a religion and what to they support their, out yeah, of a religion. their narrative or their belief. Yeah, so there's a lot of negative and bad things that come out of all of these different religions. So why, if Kyrie identifies as a black Israelite, why is he being nailed to the cross for the negative things in that religion? When you can, I'm sure if I do my research, I can point out some negative stuff about Christians, some negative stuff about Jews, some negative stuff about Muslims, some negative stuff about Buddhists, like Catholics, Catholics. Yeah. yeah thank you. Cause I don't want to leave nobody out. You mm -hmm. hear me? But it's like, why is he being nailed to the cross for all of, for, for only the negative aspects of that religion or that? Well, movie? I think the problem is, is that Kyrie Irving one, he put himself in that situation by tweeting that movie. Like he didn't have to put that out there, right? He wanted to jump into the conversation, but he provided no context and no frame of reference. And the movie guys is littered with anti-Semitic rhetoric. I mean, it even goes as far, and this is the problem with Hebrew Israelites and the problem that I've always had with the nation of Islam. And why I think, I just, I don't mind saying this on air because I've said it before. I think these groups are cults because the the brainwashing and the willingness to use to justify the ends by using any means necessary, which is, you know, they will quote Hitler and say Hitler was right. I mean, the movie even has a myth. It's not even Hitler's quote. It's a misquote. It's a common misattributed quote to Hitler. But why would you as a black man create a documentary to talk about the history of black people and use someone who openly not only hated Jews, but also hated us and said, if you read Mein Kampf, he's got all sorts of things. His whole philosophy is that all races are subhuman in comparison to the ubermensch German man. So why would you, if you're if you're going to stand in the path of righteousness, why would you use the devil's tactics? That's that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Same thing with Nation of Islam. How, you all anti-white, but then Farrakhan's going to say, well, we're going to use genetics. Genetics is the um the holding the cans, right? And this is kind of electric shock thing that Ron L. Hubbard has with Scientology, where you give all your secrets and to this to the other person who's holding the cans or whatever, and they're monitoring your brain waves and you telling them all about your, you know, your wet dreams and how you had homosexual desires when you were 12 and what your mama did to you. And they keep all that stuff on file and put it there in their grand castle down there in Clearwater, Florida, like they did with John Travolta and Tom Cruise. And these white folks got all their secrets on you. And why would the nation of Islam be having black folks doing the, the the things that this evil white this excuse me this white man has created with this science fiction bizarre craziness but the white man the devil right but you don't mind using the devil's tech that's what i'm saying that's that it's clear nonsense and why would you want to support and spouse 
a philosophy that is about division and hate, but you say that's not what you're about. Because I think it's like what Josh said. I think people, I think what we're seeing, even as when you remove religion, like humans, humanity is just like walking contradictions, right? And to Josh's point, like you pick and choose what, what's beneficial to you. So like you said, the the white, you know, from, from their point of view, white people are the devil and they're this, you know, this created race that's demonic or whatever, but we're going to pull certain technology and certain things that benefit whatever we got going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to that just, to your point, that does not make sense. But to what so Josh that, was saying, I just think that even within Christianity, we, we see different Christians, you know, choose to interpret scripture absolutely. in a way that benefits you know, hey, I want to drink. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, the scripture don't say that about drinking. They said that they wasn't being drunk. And it's like, well, no, they, they said you can drink and so on. So like, it's all these different things to benefit whatever it is that you're trying to do so that you don't feel away or or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just, and it's I just think beneficial. that that's where I think that that's where conversation can happen. Right. But when we're when you want conversation, you set a table where we're going to be hospitable to each other, where we can have conversation, but we are going to attack the ball, not each other. And I'm not going to, if there's something about aspects of Bible reading that of scripture that a woman may have, right? Where Paul might say something in 1 Corinthians 14 about women should be silent in church. That, let's have a conversation about what that looks like for women in church in the 21st century, or where we have to deal with the context of slavery in the New Testament, where the Bible does not outright condemn slavery, right, in the New Testament. Let's have this conversation. What does that look like for, especially us as the Black church, for Black Christians? All of these things, the same thing with the Quran. Let's have conversations about what the Quran says about women's headwear and what that, what, we can have all of, a conversation is fine, but what Kyrie Irving failed to do was set the table for conversation. He wanted to be provocative and really his provocation was to, in support of that of that that whole line theory. The same thing with Kanye West, same thing with Jay-Z with that line. He didn't say some Jewish people. He didn't say elite Jewish people in these. He says Jewish people. And Kanye West has a litany a litany of just blanketed anti-Jewish statements going back at this point now, nine years. And we know, and here's the thing, Kanye loves to have white people's attention. He's always begging and tap dancing to get white. Please approve of me. Please approve of my fashion design. Please approve of my creative genius. Please accept me into your Kardashian family. But when the white people don't want to accept him, then he gets, he wants to be all black righteous and don't want to say, oh, well, the Jews are against me or these white folks in Milan and Paris, they want to let me in. But then you go down and be a coon in Paris Fashion Week and you wear a White Lives Matter shirt. You go and yeah, have, even... you have TM, and I don't want to bring Kanye into this because I think some of this is with mm. his mind and some of this is also the way Kanye uses media, right? But my point is this, Kyrie didn't have to jump in the midst of Kanye's mess, but he did that. Mm -hmm. He did that because he wanted to support this ideology. But when someone came and checked him and said, hey, are you aware of all of this ideology? Here's an opportunity for Kanye for, for a conversation. Kyrie didn't want conversation. And the reality is, is because Kyrie don't want to admit it, but he believes in all of that wholesale. And I believe that he does. And when the pressure got applied to him, he didn't want to apologize, didn't want to apologize, didn't want to. But then when they suspend you for five games, they take a half a million dollars. They call your parents in. Right. Which they did. 
And now you got to go sit down with the Anti-Defamation League. And now you got to have a conversation with, with, with Jewish rabbis and ministers. And now it's a whole kerfuffle because you was you did this mess. You you didn't get to play last year. And the year before that, they set you down. So now your whole career. And, that, and then let's talk about the real deal. Nike done took that check back. And last thing you want is for Adam Silver, who's Jewish himself, and for the and for the Nets to say, oh, we're not gonna pay you that 37 million anymore. Now, oh, well, I just I deeply apologize. Yeah, what he about, had an apology one up that same night. Exactly. What about Donald Sterling? When Donald Donald Sterling had every right to be in his home and to check the woman that he's sleeping with, say, I don't want you sleeping with no niggers. I don't want you sitting next to the nigger with AIDS. Matter of fact, he was less concerned about Magic Johnson having AIDS and more concerned about Magic Johnson being black. Yeah. And, and what happened? We got we got up in arms and we got that evil white man up out of here. So that's what I'm saying. We can't pick and choose, guys. We can't. This If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I realize that as black people, we be often at the bottom and, and we fought and had to fight tooth and nail to get equality and justice in this country. And everybody else has ridden on our coattails to get opportunities for justice. And we still don't get the credit and we still have to fight and the police still kill us with impunity. Our children still die at alarming rates. We still live in food deserts. We still don't have equal access to education. I understand all of those things and we have every right to be mad about it. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we have a right to be to be hateful and to use the tactics of the enemy in order to express and to assert our equality. That's never going to be okay. That won't bring healing. It doesn't bring healing. And that's the problem. And it's the thing that I always tell when I when I have conversations with these brothers on Clubhouse, I'd be like, bro, you ain't got no power. It's, in, it's what Fred Hampton Jr. calls intellectual masturbation. It's just a whole bunch of people who just like to hear themselves talk and bust off, but they're not impregnating anybody with change or activating them to be witnesses of change in their community. They just want to talk. Because Hebrew Israel don't have no plan for how they're going to serve their community. They don't have no plan for how they're going to feed the hungry. They don't have no plan for how they're going to uplift the black man. They don't have no plan for how they're going to... So it just be a whole bunch of knowledge. For what? To do what? And half of it be built on lies and hatred. That's the point. Kyrie Irving had an opportunity to say, hey, here's some things that I'm learning, that I'm discovering. And I do believe, don't get me wrong. I do believe that Jesus, I do believe that ancient Hebrew Israelites, I do believe they were Afro-Asiatic, brown-skinned, black-skinned people. The Bible is clear about the geography of where ancient of these ancient people. Even if you go all the way back from Noah to Abraham, they're going constantly going in and out of Africa. There's just obviously these people are brown-skinned, black people. Even if you look at the state of Israel today, one of these things do not look like the other. How all of a sudden you got a white nation in the middle of the middle in the middle of the Middle East? Everybody else brown is all get out as cocoa butter, and then you guys. We can talk about the state of Israel, but even when you talk about that, Jewish people find that to be an anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish stereotype, especially coming from a Christian. But all I'm saying is we don't have to resort to the tactics of hate and divisiveness in order to assert our equality. If we want to create a table of conversation so that we can work together and uncover these things, let's do it. But let's not get mad at people when they want to defend themselves against vicious rumors and dangerous lies that have been, that have been used to kill and abuse them. And we have that same hurt and that same trauma too. That's all I'm saying. And I just think, 
they have every right to get upset with it because it was a bonehead move, guys. It was a bonehead statement, a bonehead move. He got involved with a true bonehead trying to stand up and get in the midst of Kanye West whirlwind of nonsense. And, and Kyrie Irving should have kept his mouth closed or if he was going to have a conversation, create a conversation with all that money and all that education. You couldn't, bro, you could have rabbis. You could get Jewish study professors from Harvard and get black study professors from Howard and sit them down and have your own Amazon or HBO special, just like LeBron James got the shot. And you could create a conversation for this. You could do your own documentary and show your own journey to learn and to discover the truth about this. He didn't even think about those opportunities. Then where's the healing? Where's the heal? Where's where, where's the healing? And that's, that's, that's the point. No one's thinking about how is this actually going to benefit to work for good. People get so excited because you don't read a book or two and you, not, and you, you swallowed the thing wholesale and you didn't really think about the effect of what it could, what it means for creating community and a better future. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it, but yeah. I just, that's the, that's the, that's the long game because even Malcolm came to that decision. All it took was for Malcolm to travel the world and he realized my, my, my view is so small. And what I've been learning about what Islam and what God and what people are like is so small. Yes, America is evil. Yes, there's systematic oppression against my people. And yet what I have been taught about other people is so limited because I had never left the United States and because I had been sitting there flowing and, and, and being fed a bunch of stuff that wasn't really one, true Islam, and two, wasn't a real picture of the world. That same hatred divided him from being able to work with Dr. King. Not to say Dr. King was perfect either, but imagine if though with the power that could have happened, the healing that could that could have happened. And there still would have been room for critique. There still would have been room for, for, for Malcolm to be able to say, hey, King, is integration in the long run going to satisfy everything? Or is this kind of a temporary, is this just a step? What's your long-term vision for true justice? And can we do, is it really effective for us to totally throw out the option of violence? But that was it was so focused on being right. It wasn't focused on being righteous. My daddy told me one of the wise things my father told me was, Senator, it's one thing to be right and it's another thing to be dead right. You don't ever want to be dead right because then you're dead. And who cares if you're right? It's just a whole bunch of people so focused on trying to be right and what they know and trying to prove what they know and argue all that stuff, but you ain't healing nobody. You're not loving your neighbor. And we could talk about all the bad things that religion have done throughout history, but one good thing that religion teaches and espouses, and I haven't seen a single one of the big five that don't believe that you ought to love your neighbor. And that means setting a table of hospitality where you can be both host and guest, where I can serve you and I can share opportunity and share conversation with you and sit down as a guest and hear what you have to say. The best thing you can do for a person is listen to them, attend to their experience. And you cannot do that if you're going to pontificate and continue to promulgate stereotypes and hateful language against a person. You cannot be listening. Yeah.
Let's put a button on this and let's uh let's get into that Drake album. The boy dropped. What y'all think about that? I gave it um I gave it one full listen on uh at midnight. And off rip. And I gotta go back and listen to What a Time to Be Alive. But I told y'all even before it dropped, I felt like it was gonna be better. I felt like it just had to be. And I understand that I guess I'm in the minority. A lot of people seem to really enjoy What a Time to Be Alive. But I, I thought it was uh I didn't think it lived up to the hype. I thought it was underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I never like, I mean, you know, Jumpman was a was a was the biggest record off there. And then there's a song I believe it's called Diamonds Dancing. A lot of people like on that. But even when I listen to that, I don't, I'm not hearing what everybody else is hearing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even similar to, you know, not to, to switch or whatever, but just on brand of the artists that were on that, that's Drake and Future for the people listening that may not know. But even this uh, new Future album, I'm not hearing what everybody else is hearing. Like it's not a bad album, but it's not like, it's, 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 I don't know, it's not anything that's just grabbing me that's making me want to go back and listen. So with that being said, I had already told y'all I felt like her loss was going to be better than What a Time to Be Alive. And I also was surprised that we got we didn't get a What a, what a Time to Be Alive 2 you know, before we got this project or whatever. But anyways, getting into the music of her loss, um, it was a cool, it was a cool listen. You know, it's not anything. Uh, I didn't have my expectations high at all, by the way. Um, so by me saying it's not anything like groundbreaking, you know, I'm not saying that with any shade because I wasn't going into it looking for something that was going to be like innovative and like, oh, let's push the envelope. It's just like I kind of knew like him linking with 21. Like, OK, I already know from a content standpoint. Um, I could imagine what this is going to sound like. And of course, um, you know, I just feel like that gives gives Drake. And that's to me, honestly, that's the, I don't know how I want to word it, but I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of tough talking Drake. And I've said that before and I understand that, you know, it was, it's strategic for him to align himself with street artists like 21 or, future people who have street cred um and then also to buy his backing and the people that protect drake because he's you know he's a very valuable asset i feel like that, that gives him a pass to feel like it's okay um but then at the same time like somebody said um on twitter they was like people got to understand that drake is an actor first and um, you know, Aubrey is an actor first and Drake is the you know That's biggest true. role, the biggest character he's ever played. So if you look at it from that point of view, I never if thought he's about just, it. yeah, if he's just acting and just being this thing, okay, cool, go for it. But there's a thin line, you know, between entertainment and reality as we know, because some people live by these lyrics and these words and this influence that has just always been very cool, like violent, you know, hyper masculinity just has always like, especially in our community. So, musically though, I thought it was cool. I thought thought it was a thought it was a good album. Definitely didn't disappoint. Um, I think they gave people what they wanted. Probably gave people a little bit more than they wanted. A lot of controversy around um, 
shots. It was multiple, multiple shots from Kanye to Serena's husband, allegedly Megan Thee Stallion, um, Pusha T. Like, is you know, it, it, what was what the line for Pusha push? T? Because I haven't. So, been so no one's. So I saw this um, just through reading because I love when when albums like this drop. I love to uh, read a bunch of opinions just to see like what people think about it and like is there anything that I miss. So I'm not sure what song, but he says something along the lines of something about the, the something about the border being wide open. And I think that that was at Pusha T because I think they were saying at one point Pusha T was saying that Drake was uh, blocking him or something like that. There was some type of rumor where Drake was blocking him from getting into Canada. Oh, um, but I again, I would love to just quote it line by line, but I, when I was reading, they was people were saying that that was one hundred percent him talking to Push. Like, what are you talking about, bro? The border wide open. Like, if you, you know, what I'm saying if you really, if you really about it, like come through. Ain't nobody stopping you from, you know, your little show. Like compared to what I got going on. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's that's the truth, right? If you that's, look at that's a, how Drake would a, say it. At yes. a Drake show, and you look at a Push show, it's just it's night and day. And that's no no disrespect to Push. Even Push understands his space and his lane. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, musically, man, I think I think they I think they delivered for sure. I don't think anybody felt um, disappointed or underwhelmed by what they delivered. So I'll stop there, and we, you know, y'all may say something that that um, provoke not even provokes me, but it just makes me want to say something else about what's going on. But Josh, what did you think about it? So I think I agree with you. I think he like tries to stand next to these street artists so he could kind of talk tough. Um, But I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm just not a, really a Drake fan. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy him here and there on a song, every blue moon, but I always said I like, like, rapping Drake. I, I definitely hate when he sings, but even this, he's just rapping and it's kind of hard for me to listen to it. <laughs> so why, why, why do you think so? Um, I'm just not interested really. Like he doesn't do it for me as an artist, honestly. So I think that's just the conclusion that I've come to. So even when he, oh, my bad, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going. I was just getting clarification. So even when he's like rapping, rapping on his like rap ish, he's just not really a fan of it. Yeah, like, like I'll I'll listen, but I'm never like ever. You're never ever 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 gonna just catch me randomly listening to Drake, ever. Except yeah. for Jimmy like, Cooks, because everybody likes that song. Now Jimmy Cooks, yeah, Jimmy Cooks like, is, is a song that's that's definitely downloaded. But if I'm if I'm thinking from each one of his albums, like I don't really like maybe the Jeezy record off of Thank Me Later. That's probably my favorite Drake song. Hmm. Um, if I think of Take Care, I don't have anything downloaded off of Take Care. Not even Lord knows. Um, nothing was the same. Mm, I don't really like. I I think that's his best album, but even that, I don't really have anything downloaded from. Maybe worst behavior, maybe. Um, and then after that, 
I can't even really name any Drake songs, really. <laughs> but um, I mean, other than like God's plan, the hit, you know, the hit hits. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I'm just not really a Drake fan. I just gotta like stop lying to myself saying I even like rapping Drake. Um, this song, I think the first song uh, with the 21, like you said, when they say he was sounding zesty, I like that joint. Um, I think I do like the middle of the ocean. Um, joint. I was just about to ask you about that. That's all I keep seeing people talk about. They was like, oh, that's that's the Drake we love right there. Drake was in his bag. Like, that's rapping, rapping Drake. That's like top five Drake verses. Like, people really love middle of the ocean. Yeah, so I do like that, I, I will say. But am I ever going to just go back and really just listen to it? I, I doubt it. Hmm. What what you think, Senator? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before Senator goes, Josh, what do you what do you think about Twenty One Savage? Twenty One, I like Twenty One. Um, I haven't listened to a full Twenty One album, but I do have like some Twenty One songs on like my workout playlist. Um, I like him on features a lot. Um, so I like Twenty One. I definitely do. He's been growing on me. I, I I wasn't into him early, but he's been growing on me a lot. Okay, that's Senator. the same. That's the same for me, Josh. I mean, I feel the same way about Twenty One. I mean, I still a little bit on the fence with him. I mean, some of it is a little too. And it's here's what's interesting, like, because I'm with you, Josh, like, I'm not a Drake fan either. Like, I can respect his ability to craft songs here and there. Mm -hmm. And he will have a song, whether it's one of the big hits or whatever, there'll be a song or two that I'm like, okay, I like this. Like, I can't, I'd be lying to say I don't like this, right? Yeah. Um, but I just, what it is for me is just that I like my rap more gangster. You know what I'm saying? I just like harder content. I like content that I feel like really hits either my soul or hits me in a way that I feel like it just his music not relatable to me and I feel like it's too much singing it's too much celebrating the rich playboy life that I just don't really care like I and I don't like the singing stuff, you know, I don't like the five notes that Drake been singing since 2007. Um, <laughs> and what are they again? Can you remind us? Maybe, and you think you love me. Uh, 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 uh. It's them five notes. Uh, 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 uh. And there's no, there's no runs. There's no, it's them five notes. Everything he's going to construct. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, I don't really do that. But I was, because I couldn't make it past. So I listen, I got maybe to um, Back Outside Boys, but he opens up like on BS or whatever, and then Back Outside Boys, and maybe even Privileged Rappers with like some singing or whatever. And I'm like, I gotta skip, like I can't run. I just, I can't ride to this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just, it's just what it is. I can't, it just don't, he don't really stir me in any way. Um, there'll be sometimes there'll be songs where I, I will get into it. Like y'all know how I feel about Desires. I love that song. Um, I think that's a really good song. Yeah, I feel like nothing was the same. Only sounds good in its entirety. Like if you take any of those songs out by themselves, maybe except for maybe worst behavior. You know what I'm saying? Like even right now, I'm like, oh, I could throw on worst behavior in that that mug. We'll probably ride right now at nine forty six. You know, or eight mm -hmm. eight forty six at night. You know, I could I could listen. But that that album to me is good because it's a good album that you can play in its entirety, and it's it's like okay, this is, mm -hmm. I think Drake at his best. Long story less long. I just 
I'm just not super interested. And as much as I'm starting to want to listen or hear more 21 Savage, I'm still not enough of a fan of 21 Savage to be interested in. He's not he's not pulling this album along for me either. He's not selling it for me either. I'm curious to hear 3 a.m. on Glenwood because apparently that's just him, which mm-hmm. I was strange because I, I, I thought was strange because I thought that was going to be a Drake. You know, he was going because like you going to give the timestamp song to someone else. That's your thing. So I'm hoping that 21 took that ball and ran with it because, bro, that, that's your time to shine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let and, me know what you think, too. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that you hadn't heard it. So that I should have listened I, to I know that was one of the first things that, that you saw on the uh, track list. It is. I mean, the title alone, having been 3 a.m. on Glenwood, is, I want to hear. I want to see if his stories and adventures match mine. Um, What's happening at 3 a.m. on Glenwood? Waffle House and Legs. Okay. And a lot of crack being sold and smoked. Mm. It's pretty much. And maybe murders. A couple, couple robberies. A couple, couple murders. Yeah. A few yeah, murders. Couple murders, yeah. couple robberies. Yeah. It's, so it's you're, you're not, when it comes to the Not a pretty talk. part of uh, East Atlanta at all. Not a pretty part of East Atlanta at all. Not even in the daytime. This is Goodwood Road is not. No, not at all. When it comes to the gangster talk, you said you you don't you you like your raps with a lot of gangster talk. Um, I feel like yeah, Drake talk. is giving you he he's giving you for anybody that wants the gangster talk. I mean, come on, Senator, half half a million to drop his op. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know, drop half a million to drop my op. Yeah, okay, I don't believe that. Um, it's the know. boy. It's, Why would you believe that? I, mean, I, just, I don't believe him. That's the thing. I don't really believe him very much um and the things that i that are believable about drake i don't really care you know what i'm saying no, i'm just i'm just messing with you yeah so and, and I, but, I, I'm, I'm misquoting he said something about like half a half a meal to i don't know because again it's just like for me like i i agree with you I, i'm not taking any i don't think anybody's supposed to be taking it serious but it is uh it's it's the same reason why i told y'all it was weird um, and I get why he does want to align himself with certain artists that have street cred, but Knife Talk being on Certified Lover Boy was just like, come on, dog, come on. And I understand that's some of people, some some people's like favorite song on the on the album, but it's just for him and his brand is just I don't know. It's always been confusing to me, but. And I'm saying it to him because he's like he's the biggest, and we know like he just know that's not like you're not this street dude or whatever. But you know, not to single him out, I'm sure there's a lot of. But here's the thing know, that's weird. A lot of other rappers that that also too is just like yo, it's just straight entertainment. Like we just like we just talking, bro. And that's what I was gonna say. I feel a little bit of a hypocrite because like I think about someone like Freddie Gibbs who. I mean, may have dabbled and have some street cred and some street history, but I don't believe ha- everything that Freddie claims. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, and some of this stuff I know is it's mafioso rap, but he raps really well. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's part of it. And the Freddie Gibbs persona for me is far more interesting than Drake's persona. Whether he's being Drake the celebrity playboy or whether he's trying to be tough guy Drake. When I think about some of these other rappers, I just rap much rather hear them rap and tell stories. And even when they're being vulnerable, I'd rather hear Freddie be vulnerable than hear Kanye, I mean, excuse me, hear, oh, I keep saying that, saying that man name, um, than hear Drake 
croon about another girl stripper girl that got away like i just i don't care that's the is thing drake I, is drake too famous to be believable hmm that's a good question believable about what anything because i'm <laughs> I, because my neck my follow-up question was going to be would he be believable as an actor right now is he too famous to really act Drake is not that good of an actor. Let's be clear. He's not that. He's not that. He, his talent is not. Have you ever seen those old episodes of the Great? He's not. I ne- I, nah, I never watched it. No. No. Jake is not that talented as an actor. I think he's a good host, though. That's why I kind of thought mm-hmm. he would be a good actor, but maybe not. Drake is charming. He yeah, is charming. He's, de- he's definitely charming. Yeah. He's charming. Mm-hmm. Fishbowl uh, fun? Yeah. Did y'all want to talk about any of his, you know, his comments or his disses or whatever? I did see today. Oh, the, the yeah, Meg- I do want to talk about the Meg the Stallion. Yeah. So I've heard people have been saying that it's not even about Meg, uh, that it's really about girls who are getting butt shots or whatever. Um, but they're still stallions without them. What do y'all think about that line? It's just still too close to me. To he knew not. what he was. He knew. Yeah, he one hundred percent knew. But I, I think that yeah, that's the knew. part of rap, right? Where it's a thin line of the artistry, and of course the the freedom of of that to be able to say and play around with stuff and and have you know entendres to say like, well, of course the the immediate or low-hanging fruit part of that is that you immediately feel like I'm talking about Megan the Stallion because of the pending situation with now at this particular point a lot of people are saying that they think that she's lying right mm-hmm. um so to frame that in the way that he did was 1000% intentional but when you if you know if you really get down to the nitty-gritty of like hip-hop and like playing on words and entendre is like it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty clever play on words to be able to do that and then create conversation where people immediately like well one it's a because now at this particular point you know you know we talked about anti-semitic stuff in the beginning but it's just like even with like saying certain things about black women is like off the rip like you you just can't play around with that and Good. for and Good. because of that situation <laughs> with with old with not old girl but with Meg that's too close for him people feel like that's way too close like even with the double entendres or whatever like you are better than that as an artist you didn't have to play around with that particular talking point um so regardless if you were talking about her or not we know what it was inspired by and that alone was a no-no. That's what I. That's the consensus that I've that I've seen from people. It's like you shouldn't even play around with that. Like there's too many other things you could have played around with. You didn't have to do that. So, but Josh, you said you know. specifically wanted to talk about this. Was there something? Um, nah, just that he knew what he was doing for sure. Mm-hmm. What about the Serena Williams husband line? Like I. I mean, obviously, we know that Drake is probably a little salty, right? But I also feel like, why are you salty? Because I feel like he probably could have married Serena or could have made that relationship work longer. Yeah, that's what we wanted, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and why it sound wouldn't... like the husband may have done something like to Drake. Mm-hmm. To Did something, said something. Yeah. 
just kind of cast some. And, and, and Drake is in the bigger position. No boo. Because no boo was in the line or something. Yeah, in the line about Serena's husband. So yeah, it must have their interaction or situation must something must have happened that no boo for like between them. Yeah, but clearly it rubbed him. It made him feel some type of way because if who you know I don't want to be disrespectful or dismissive. I just I I don't know enough. Who is Serena's husband? Is is he outside of being her husband? Is is he a he like owned Reddit or created Reddit, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So he's he's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's not a nobody. He, up, uh, I mean, he ain't got Serena <laughs> Williams money. Let no, I just he, I just wanted got. to say because at the end of the day, whoever he is, I was like, I doubt that he's in a more uh I don't even want to use the word powerful, but I don't know does he have a bigger platform than Drake. You see what I'm saying? Because it's almost he got a bigger trophy than Drake, if you ask me, because Serena Williams is good. God almighty. She's always been glorious to me. And then No, I'm just I'm just saying, like when you look <laughs> at how people I'm not saying it's the right thing, but when you look at how most people probably like measure success, right? Money, looks, and all this type of thing. Looks really shouldn't even count because it's like you can't, well, now you can. You can alter how you look, but you get what I'm saying? Like if you if Drake feels like he's bigger. Then the person is it bullying? Not even bullying, right? Because I do think that you can be put in a position where you are a bully in that in that spot because you're so much bigger. But my my point is, is it even worth addressing if I feel like I'm the big dog in the situation? And I feel like if you at the level that Drake is at, the stuff that he does mention, and I feel like it does bother him because he's speaking on it. As opposed to, it might be stuff that bothered us, and it'd be like we might talk about it privately. Like I'm not gonna give you no public, I'm not gonna give you no, no type of publicity on that. Like you, you're not even worth me talking on that. So if I do this, like yeah, he, old girl or old boy must have really made G feel away because he don't even typically address that type of stuff. So that's I disagree. That's, you okay, go ahead. I think the fall off talk got him he he know he needed some headlines he mm. know he needed he needed some spunk with this album he needed some talk to be had he, he needed the world to be saying drake is back mm. so yeah. that's why he did all of this i don't think it really bothered him he he i don't think even think he cares to really talk about some of this stuff but i think he knew it would create headlines okay that's fair I didn't realize that people would say, I know that people would say that they didn't like CLB like that, um, which I think CLB is probably going to have like a, a views effect. It's not nowhere near on the level of views, but I think people, um, the we'll anticipation, like it a little bit better. Yeah, the anticipation was so high. And then when you heard it, you were like, this is it. But when you go back and listen to views, the views is actually pretty solid. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm -hmm. classic or anything like that, but it's, it's an enjoyable album. And maybe not in its entirety, but it's a lot of good songs on views. Mm -hmm. uh clb I, I i can't say that just now but i think moving forward because it was a lot of anticipation for that album you know what i'm saying it was supposed mm -hmm. to drop it this time and then he postponed it and it's like okay this, is this gonna be drake's classic and then you hear it and you're like damn bro this it so i say that to say i know people felt away or feel away about clb and then honestly never mind i don't really know what was up with that i don't know if that was just him just i don't i don't know i don't know if he just that was the vibe he was on at the time, or that's where he felt like music is headed. But a lot of people were disappointed by that as well. 
but I did not. I say that to say I didn't know people were saying that he like fell off. Yeah, they were they were having discussions. Okay, so you redeem yourself by linking with one of the hottest, uh, you know, yeah, one of the hottest street rappers, and then you bring your rapping a game, and then you say controversial things that's gonna make headlines to remind people that you are who you are. Yep. Okay. Let me ask y'all this, um, and I don't know. I guess we can we can close out on this if y'all don't have anything else to say. Do y'all feel like it is just the talk of the moment, and this is like next week, the week after, people going about their business and they'll still love and forget, or do y'all think that people are gonna try to hold him accountable for speaking on spe- specifically the, the comments around women? Uh, I think they're gonna forget. Women love Drake, man. They love that nigga. So yeah, they that they, they, they do. They do. They Yeah, forget. I mean, I think he makes music for them to a certain extent, or at least for their nightlife experience, um, and allows them to kind of imagine that there are Playboy guys like Drake who actually want to care enough about them at least for one night and give them a Cinderella experience. I feel like that's the fantasy, the music soundtrack that Drake tries to create. Um, and I think that's why women really like it because it allows them to listen to uh, a male voice in rap music and not feel like they're constant, not feel like it's too hard or gangster talk and or they not being called a bitch in a hole every five seconds. I think Drake is very pal- pal- palatable for pop listening women people who want to listen to hip-hop you know what i'm saying yeah i just so even though on this album one of the things that was a little weird for me was just how much bitch ho talk was just in the first few songs i just kind of like yeah that's why i would say it was interesting for you to say that because i think originally women could say that but i feel like it's just weird and it just it goes back to what we said earlier like us as humans bro walk in contradictions because on one end, if you're standing for these particular things as a woman, and that's how you feel, then it's certain it's certain things and certain music that you that you shouldn't support. Cause it's still pushing the narrative of the thing that you're trying to fight against. But it's enjoyable, it's popular, it's trending, it sounds good. And so it's just like. Usually I don't do this, but keep the party going type shit. And it's just like it's it's weird. So even even with the comments that he's made, I can understand how some women would feel away. And again, this is early in the game, but they look like they are trying to start a conversation to come for his head. But it's just like y'all just said, is that how y'all really feel for real, for real? Or is that just in the moment it rubbed you the wrong way? You didn't like it, but you're willing to forgive and forget. And oh, they're gonna listen, listen to it. They're gonna listen to music. the next. They're gonna listen to the next Drake album. But I think there's a lot of black women who are who are at least kind of having, like you said, having the conversation and considering like, is Drake gotten too big for his riches? Like, has he kind of hung out with Future so much now, and you know these sort of street rappers or these type of rappers to where he feels like you know, he's forgotten where his, who you know, where his bread is buttered. And just now he's a little too cocky and it's not, because I think there was a liking of Drake at first because it was like, oh, he doesn't realize that 
you know, he's kind of like charming and he's he was kind of awkward as he was young Drake before he grew facial hair and he was coming into that. And I think there was a level of, oh, and he's sensitive and he wants to, I'm the best he's ever had. And he wants to croon and sing to me. I, I really think Drake eased himself into that, you know, and then he kind of jumped the shark and we know that his music got a lot darker after, if you're reading this, his sound changed, his style changed, his character changed, the Drake persona evolved. And so I think that black women are going to be listening to that. I just, I, I'm not going to quote her, but uh, Shada just, I've been listening, thinking about what she said. Uh, what was that? Instagram, G-Rock or whatever, that one sister that you sent me. Yeah, it was a TikTok oh, she, that, was, yeah, that was posted she, on Twitter. She went in and that was, I just thought it was brilliant because it was hilarious too. But um, but also some ether, like some real stuff to really, I think if Drake heard it, he'd have to, okay, that kind of. Is convicting kind of stings in terms of how he does talk sometimes down to or about women, especially black women. So, yeah, Fish I wish I could find it. Somebody had a comment about uh, what you just said, Senator, made me think about it. And I wish I screenshotted it, but people was like, oh, Drake is just uh, he's he's turned into this or he's becoming this. And then somebody was like, nah, this is who he always been. He's been telling us this from the beginning, like recording, like recording voicemails and playing that stuff on the albums and you know naming calling some of these girls out by name and just then the third woo, 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 woo. so this is again at that part just is interesting to me when you talk about the things that we say that we are for or against but it's okay when this person does it or says it but it's not okay over here or it's just, i don't know but at the end of the day i, I think um it just goes back to what I was just saying, like us as humans, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even making it about a women, men, race, religion. Like, bro, we just walk in contradictions. Like we mean well, most of us, because some people are just full of shit, but we mean well, but certain things, this is like you bend back to what we were talking about earlier, Josh, you bend certain things to benefit your enjoyment or your narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, it's just, it's a contradiction and it's, it's confusing because you know, which which is it? Are you for or against that thing? That's all. But um, yeah, let's let's do a uh, fish fishbowl of fun, man. RP takeoff too, man. RP takeoff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Definitely RP takeoff. We could we should have started off yeah. with that. But I, um man. No, it's all good. It's all good. It it, it just it had it just crossed my mind. And I was like, you know, we if we back on here, at least we gotta we got to say it. We ain't really got to jump into talking about it or yeah. anything like that. That was just so surprising. Like, that yeah. was just that through. Yeah. I woke up to that text from Josh and I was like, yeah. I was telling y'all, that's such a weird feeling, like waking up to death. Like, it was just, it was weird. Yeah. And, and you never know when it comes to death. Like, there's no expectation unless you've already been informed that so and so is in critical condition or whatever, whatever, and something's not looking good. But just out of the blue death, Kobe's and Nipsey's and like that type shit where you're just like bro it was all good like just a couple hours ago and then you see a RIP like you you can never be prepared for that and especially the way he had to go like that's just come on bro. you you don't want to see nobody go like that but definitely RIP to to take off yeah, his fam his friends his fans everybody man peace and love I didn't even know he was that young too 28 is crazy yeah man uh so people know that i didn't change or alter this there's not a question here it just is emotional maturity Mm. 
<laughs> That's literally what I just drew out of the fishbowl. So I'll try to form a question um, from this. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about um, is how uh, I am growing in resilience to shame, right? And learning to confront and deal with that issue. And what, you know, the more I do research and the more I learn about um, how shame grows, develops, how it works, how you how we work to confront it, how vulnerability is a big part of that, and how you know the process of that is important for spiritual growth and formation and transcendence as a person, whatever. I, I want to ask you, brothers, what is um what is kind of the most recent work or event that you have had in your life in growing in maturity and in overcoming and confronting shame? Uh, if you don't like the word shame because it makes you feel too embarrassed or ashamed, then you can substitute that with weakness. But I don't want to just, I want to not even, I'm, a lot of times for us as men, we translate it to anger. I don't want us to, I want to talk about the idea of being hurt or insecure. What is a recent event where you've had to overcome, grow past, or you just, you dealt with, you experienced weakness or shame? Um... Me, I don't want to get too deep, but um, just having to end a end a relationship, um, yeah, that you know, for you know specific reasons that you wanted, you know, to work, but it didn't, so you had to live with it and and move past it. Yeah, I hear that. I'm trying to think, bro. Um, give me the question one more time so that I could trigger. Yeah. Like, what's a recent event or uh, confrontation or overcoming of shame or weakness in your life where you had to like? Mm, okay, okay. I mean, y'all, y'all have heard me heard me speak on this before, man. But I think the most recent thing, um, and it's still an ongoing thing, is just me confronting and dealing with uh, my ego. And that word, I, you know, that saying ego could be a bit vague, but I was be like more specific within like pride and even I guess arrogance around me feel me specifically, you know what I'm saying? Cause it, it could be hella layered, but this specific thing that I'm talking about is just like in, in a, in, in the space of growth and learning, I had arrived at a spot where, um, I, I mean, and I knew I never knew everything, but I felt like I knew enough, but I think I, now I think I was, I was exposed through the process of a new journey of just seeing like how much I really didn't know and just having to like own up to, well, this is probably why, why you're in the position that you're in. And this is why if you had made those moves, you know, X amount of, you know, saying time before you could have prevented some of this, I won't say hardships because it's like it's not that bad, but it's just like some of my like legit frustrations that I've that I've dealt with um, that I was able to pinpoint. And then I think even deeper when I really was like able to sit back and like 
reflect and um, just be like self-aware of what stuff was going on. I was like a lot of that points back to the ego. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's why I've, I've mentioned it multiple times on here. You know what I'm saying? But um, it was just it was just hard. It was frustrating because you hate to look back at your past and be like, oh, if I wasn't so like head up my ass or so like standoffish to getting out of the comfort zone or, you know, just being a little bit more uh, proactive in that particular space, like you could have like avoided mm. certain things. But then at the same time, you know, I'm not happy that I had to kind of that I had to go through it but I also felt like it was very necessary for me to go through it to be able to identify because I think that's the, the the dangerous part is like to go through it and still like find up find some other reason or make up something that's not what it really is to make yourself feel better than addressing it head on um because I think it was it was definitely like uh it was something I had to go through in order to identify to learn from it um and I think it was very, you know, important to my growth. And I'm like, oh, I've arrived. Like, I, I'm I'm still going through it. But, yeah, I don't want to get super long-winded with it. But I, I would definitely say that that's definitely the most recent thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh, and, and having experienced um, a recent breakup and still dealing with proximity to that person and having feelings and wanting to really discern, like, you know what's the best way because sometimes you know you're in a relationship and holding on is hard and some and letting go is hard and so you don't really know you know what to do I think shame also sometimes I think has crept in 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 that relationship through comparison comparing myself to her at times and thinking about compatibility which also arouses shame about self-inflicted wounds like a little bit of what G-Rock is alluding to like if i had if i didn't do this to myself then i would be more of the person that maybe she would want or it wouldn't be certain things in the bag or i wouldn't even be in this situation at all maybe i'd already be with somebody and have this right here and that right there right and i think sometimes like making friends with weaknesses and having to be aware of myself, accept myself, and then through God's help, transcend myself, right? Um, I think requires having to like acknowledge those areas of weakness that come through both self-inflicted wounds, through things that were thrust upon me by no constant, my no decision of my own, how much, you know, circumstances of my birth or my family or, you know, grow up or race or whatever. And then also just, um, you know, there's also those weaknesses that have come through um, that are kind of like perceived weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? It's not always just something bad or whatever. It's just it's less than or it's incomparable to someone else. And so all of these things, some of these things I cannot change. Some of them I can, you know what I'm saying? And some of them really, I don't need to change. I just have to accept the reality of them, right? And allow them to kind of be incorporated. But it's hard when you're doing that in conjunction in a relationship with someone and you're also trying to be vulnerable and available, right? To them um, and be and be whole in that. Um, I think it, it's that part for me has been something that's been really convicting, especially when I really care about this person and I want it. I want, I want it to work, um, but I'm also arriving at um, a level of comfort very recently of like, it is, it just, it has to be, it's going to have to look differently. So 
what has been the biggest, just real quickly, and then before we go, what 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 have you learned though in this, like in this encounter or this recent shame event? Maybe you haven't overcome yet, but what is it if you had to say it in one word or one sentence? What is it that you've learned that you're you're because I think I think suffering, I think shame, I think going through this, I think it forms us if we yeah. let it form us. If our if our perspective is right, what is it that you've learned? For me. Never get comfortable and always remain a student. Um, talk to people about life, your situations. Like, don't hold that shit in. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's um. It's a lot about grace and what strength it, what strength really is, what strength really is. Making friends with my weaknesses has been something that's been in my in my ear, challenging me. I want to also apologize, guys, in the Kyrie conversation. I I did not. It was not my intention to hog up all the airtime by any means with that. I wanted to create and I wanted to come in humble and be able to to hear and also to to share in a way that wasn't demeaning to anyone, you guys, especially as my friends, but also to uh, to Kyrie. Um, so, but more than anything, I think I handled that part fairly, but I just think I talked too much and too impact. It's all good. It's a, it's yeah. a passionate, you could tell when somebody's speaking from like the heart and, you know, a place of like passion and stuff like that. So I think even as the listeners, you know what I'm saying? They could tell like it wasn't that you that I didn't take. I don't think Josh either. And I won't speak for Josh, but I don't think either one of us felt like you was like intentionally trying to hog. It was just like we had to kind of said what we said, and then you came through. You got like way more like historical um, things that you could, you know, that's facts that you could like touch on and and know. Like I I know briefly about like uh, the Hebrew uh, he, the Hebrew Hebrew Israelites and stuff. Like I've seen them at little five little five points and stuff like that you know and it just and not knowing five percenters j electronica like that you know some of the wu-tang clan all that type of stuff but i'm not like deep into it as you so it's just like if anybody gonna have like a long soliloquy like that that can just go out and just say the things that they need to say like it would it would be you because it's coming from a place of like like true knowledge you know passion um maybe even conviction like a a, a, a number of things where it makes sense and it you know so I, I didn't feel no way by, you know, not to apologize at all. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, a lot of that need to be said. And I think also, too, for the listeners, I think a lot, I think you said a lot of stuff where people just don't know. I don't think a lot of people, and I think that's the thing we got to be mindful of, you know, with social media, with like being misinformed, fake news, and just getting a piece, even me, I, I speak for myself, like just getting, just getting a piece of information. And it's just like, it's a, it's it's a fast moving uh technology where it's always information that's going but like certain things like you just need you just you arrive at a spot where you're like damn i don't really know nothing about this you know like, like take some time and spend and educate yourself you know what i mean and so i just think that 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 uh that needs to happen and i think because a lot of people are in that same space you came through with a lot of information where i'm sure a lot of people listening like oh damn i, I didn't even know that you know, so it was a, it's an educational moment and you're an educator and that's what educators do. They educate. 
So thank you. Don't apologize. My little chocolate drop. You have nothing to apologize for. Like I said, I just wanted to advocate for for healing and think about what it looks like to have a for real conversation about it that doesn't that doesn't leave parties feeling hated or feeling mm-hmm. like they are separated in their corners because we can't get over stereotypes to be able to actually sit at the table. But there's hurt. There's hurt. There's hurt, genuine hurt that the black community, I think, has and experienced with racism that just comes from white faces. And like I said mm-hmm. in the voice memo, we ain't got time to like dive, you know, divvy up white people and say, oh, you're Irish and you're English and you're Jewish. Yeah. It just seems yeah. like a sea of white faces that Italians like, and all this. Like it's just exactly white is white. Yeah. White, exactly. And I think sometimes Jewish people also feel that same way as in a whole lot of other groups and we be at odds. And sometimes I wonder like what could happen if we actually were able to have conversation about our hurts without there also being hate. So. Yeah. But I think either you said that in the audio audio um, message, like it's designed like that to the division for sure. Like it, it was so much confusion and so many different views and ideologies and tradition and influence and faith that influenced the way people think and feel and, and the, the media, the manipulation and just misinformation and all that type. Like it's supposed to keep it like that. So that you don't get to the end, go- end goal or end game of of having a conversation and trying to figure out like, well, how can we? Okay, you feel like this, we feel like this. Well, let's 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 have a respectful conversation, if that's even possible, because some of this stuff is so deeply rooted and so like highly like it could take just like the, even with me with certain things that's not even like race and just certain things that just frustrate me. Like I could just easily get triggered. So you imagine on something like that. When you're dealing with people, you know, especially some people that still may be even in denial, you know, it was like, and that, that's the interesting thing. Like, we let's not open that can up, but it's just like, I think Josh talked about it or touched on it. It's just like, you got so many different people that feel and think these different things. When do, when is it okay to just pick something from somebody and be like, oh, let's, let's magnify and blow this up, but you feel like this is okay, but that's a shitty way of thinking. But for whatever reason, we're not really going to blow that up. But this person, let this person say that they ain't like this about this, whatever, this particular group or whatever, whatever, whatever. And now this, we got to hang this person and, and show everybody why you don't say this or whatever. It's just, it's just weird. And it really still just go back to what I talked about humans, man. It's just a lot of, just niggas is broken and fucked up and <laughs> contradiction. Yeah, it's just, it's just bad. And it's just very obvious when you, when you hear most people talk about their views and things like that um and i don't know maybe that's just a basic human characteristic but when you talk about the stuff that that you were talking about like that's that's a deeper conversation and it needs to be had but so much it's so difficult to have it because of the division josh you got the final word man send us on our way man don't trust the punch season we don't know <laughs> but we here but and we, we back man welcome I, I forgot to say that at the beginning welcome welcome to another episode of don't trust the punch and now welcome to the ending thank y'all for listening man, we out peace church <laughs>